Hello, and thank you for tuning in once again to the Full of Chit Chat podcast uh, here at charliedemares.substack.com and also on the Harbinger Media Network. Harbinger Media is uh, proud to present listener-supported progressive uh, podcasting from uh, coast to coast to coast. Uh, you can check out the website, uh, which you'd think if I'm leaning into a pitch like that, surely he's got the uh, web domain committed to memory. Uh, nope. Uh, but I feel like if you Google Harbinger Media Network, you, you'll probably be on the right path. Uh, and you will find uh, incredible uh, uh, listener-supported shows uh, like Alberta Advantage, uh, like uh, Oats for Breakfast, one of my uh, personal uh, favorites, actually, for, for uh, quite a long time now. I've actually uh, been a um, supporter of that show uh, and for, for past guest, and that was even before we were on the same uh, left-wing podcast uh, network together. Part of the same phalanx, if you will. And of course, uh, the Full of Chit Chat podcast is a, is a proud, um, maybe not flagship, I was about to say flagship, but you didn't know that. Uh, but I was giving you sort of a peek behind the curtains uh, as to what's going on inside the head of Charlie Demers. Uh, my, I aspire to flagship status with the Harbinger Media Network. But uh, for now, I am perfectly pleased uh, just to be a part of it. Uh, so wherever you are listening to the podcast, uh, on whichever platform, uh, please do uh, rate and review. Uh, it helps people to find the podcast. Uh, it makes people uh, want to check it out. And uh, please do share us with uh, friends, enemies, um, people about whom you feel utterly neutral. Um, as uh, listeners to the show know, we have, uh, for two episodes in a row, uh, had guests named David. Will that happen again? No. I am uh, pleased to say we have broken out of our chain of Daves and are uh, uh, going to have a, a, a dear friend of mine uh, onto the show, someone uh, who I both, A, like a lot personally, but B, uh, admire deeply um, uh, on a political level. Uh, she is, uh, I would say, I don't want to say a voice in the wilderness, uh, because I, I do think that uh, in some ways, um, the Canadian political electoral world is, uh, to a certain extent, set up to uh, accommodate uh, at least uh, at least allow uh, elements of, of, of the sort of vision that 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 she um, embodies and puts forward a past guest of the show uh, in whose tradition I think you would say uh, my guest today is is is, is operating uh, would be uh, past guest uh, Sven Robinson um, uh, she is a, a two-time uh, uh, leadership candidate uh, for the uh, and I hope uh, future uh, leadership candidate for the uh, federal uh, New Democratic Party. She is the member of parliament for uh, uh, Key Waitanuk Aski in Manitoba, and she is uh, joining us uh, via Zoom. I don't know why I said that. Everyone has joined via Zoom uh, for all 22 episodes. No one has not joined via Zoom. Uh, so uh, keeping with that tradition, it's Nikki Ashton, everybody. Charlie, it was so great to join you. I have laughed throughout this almost the entire introduction. And uh, that's really why I said yes. I was just in need of a really, really good laugh combined with critical thought. Uh, it's, uh, it's an honor to join you. Uh, a very good friend whose work I deeply admire. And, uh, you know, I, I'll never forget uh, your, your incredible uh, support uh, during our most recent leadership campaign. And uh, just, you know, you, you, are, you are a champion for for, uh, 
uh, uh, bold progressive ideas and uh, and voices and and I really thank you for the opportunity to connect. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. I, and and I yes, I that was well, you know, I, we, it, it was it, it was a great it was a great uh, campaign to be a part of and 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 I mean it, it's one of those things like I mean, we, we see it sometimes, I guess, in, in, in the United States during their primary seasons where um, you, you get to know the, the lay of the land within the parties and, and see the, you know, test the strength, I guess, of the, the various, um, the various uh, tendencies or schools of thought uh, within uh, a political party. And, and, mm -hmm. and so uh, Bernie Sanders, who is um, someone who you're very much, I mean, operating yes. in the, um, you know, spirit of and, and uh, you know, was, was, again, not able within his party to finally get, you know, get that candidacy out of uh, Joe Biden's hands, but I, I think clearly has, uh, to a certain extent, shaped um, the way mm -hmm. that uh, Joe Biden is, is maybe being forced to govern. Um, what, what kind of, uh, what, what's the feeling in, in the federal NDP right now? Mm -hmm. Well, we're, um... Uh, you know, we, we, we're just a week away from Parliament wrapping up for, for the summer. There's obviously a lot of talk of a federal election in the fall. Uh, you know, it would, it would actually be around the same time that, that minority parliaments usually go to an election. Mm. Uh, but, um, uh, but, you know, again, who knows? COVID obviously has, has really uh, shifted what we're talking about, how we're talking about it, and how people are feeling. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, I, I would say that uh, I think a lot of us are, are, are proud of some very important work we've done, uh, particularly since the beginning of the pandemic, to fight for uh, supports for for uh, uh, for working people, for people pushed to the margins uh, throughout this this pandemic. Uh, but it's you know I'm certainly very proud of ways in which we've held the government to account mm -hmm. on a number of fronts. You know we know Justin Trudeau. Uh, took a lot of credit early on about the way the way he was dealing with the pandemic, uh, but but we know that on on too many fronts, uh, uh, you know, the, the federal government has failed Canadians. So despite some of the supports, it's it's been really important for us to also um, uh, bring to light uh, the failures. And uh, you know, it's it's uh, I would say like many Canadians, I um, I think it's really important that that we state clearly, uh, Canada has has not protected uh, uh, protected uh, Canadians, people across this country, the way it should have and, and could have. Uh, we know that our elderly, uh, we know that Indigenous communities, we know that working people, particularly essential workers, many of them who are racialized immigrant, uh, have paid for this crisis with their lives. And uh, Canada is all too, the federal government's all too happy to, to throw some of this uh, blame on provinces and, and uh, so on and so forth. And of course, I'm in Manitoba that, that where we have a very right reactionary government and absolutely they've uh, uh, they've they've uh, uh, been neglectful in in the way they've handled the COVID crisis but the reality is that that Canada let us down right from the get-go we knew we weren't ready for a pandemic uh, we know that years of austerity and privatization uh, have have led to a place where we don't have the capacity to keep our people safe whether it's in terms of adequate per, uh, personal protective equipment whether it's in terms of vaccine production uh, we just aren't where we should be. And, uh, and I would say coming out of this crisis, and, and many of us in the NDP are saying this, is that we need a bold, transformative vision for 
our world, for our country, uh, because uh, we, 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 we've seen the way in which neoliberalism and, uh, and the policies that have come along with it and implemented by liberals and conservatives alike have, uh, have led to a place that has rendered us extremely vulnerable and uh, we can't go back to it. We need to, to build a world that is, uh, uh, that is truly uh, uh, based on, on, the, uh, on, on a critical socialist concept of people before profit, that lives matter before the profits of corporations and, and, uh, and, and the profits that, that governments are, 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 are uh, uh, you know, keen on, on, uh, on ensuring for corporations. And that's something that, uh, that, that uh, you know, many of us are, are committed to, to seeing forward, that bold transformative vision we deserve. You and I are sort of in the in the same boat in this way of of, of being. Um, we're both born in the early '80s, so so all we've known has been this this ascendant um, and and then and then seemingly kind of rock solid um, neoliberal consensus of of uh, you know private private markets mm-hmm. more or less kind of unbound as as the way of doing business and, 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 and as the way of doing things kind of across the political spectrum. So that, you know, the, the, the first kind of, you know, real teeth kicking years of it starts on the right in the, in the era of our, of, of our shared kind of early childhood in the sort of Reagan, Thatcher, Mulroney mm-hmm. years. But then, you know, we kind of come of age in, in the 1990s as the Jean Chrétiens and, and Tony Blair's and Bill Clinton's mm-hmm. are sort of putting, I guess, that, you know, what later becomes kind of uh, really definitively associated with, with neoliberalism, which is this, this kind of progressive way of talking while, while still um, leaving all of the most sort of authoritarian, unequal um, uh, economic structures in place. And in some ways, mm-hmm. accelerating mm-hmm. these, these uh, pr- campaigns of privatization and just gutting the, the social supports. Um, you know, and and, and for, for years, I mean, you, you were, kind, I, I mean, I would say, and I, I know that you won't, it, it might come as an insult from someone who you didn't know you were, uh, were on the same team as, but a kind of a marginal voice within the within the framework of of the the elected members of the NDP as someone saying you know we need to embrace the socialist history of the party and actually lean into it i mean mm-hmm. just for, i mean from your own province uh i just a little further south right it was i think pat martin was the one of the big voices for taking socialism out of the NDP <laughs> constitution, out, you know, removing it from the party. I believe that he referred to it as, um, as an anchor that, need to, that we needed to get rid of in order to be able to sail into the 21st century. I, just a kind of, I thought, a perfect um, uh, illustration of why people who live in the prairies shouldn't try and do maritime uh, analogies. <laughs> boats need anchors, uh, dipshit. That's uh, part of why every boat has one. Uh, but um, just uh, but but you in in some ways I just feel like we're we're ahead of the curve. We're now in this conversation again, where it feels like quote unquote reasonable people um, can once again and and it was starting even before the pandemic. But but now having come through this year, where where even the even the the guys in charge had to say some things are more important than the market. Because mm-hmm. because they had to shut they had to shut stuff down for a little while 
mm-hmm. so that people could keep breathing, or at least some people could keep mm-hmm. breathing, and some stuff was was shut down. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I um, you know, I really appreciate <clears throat> Charlie. You uh, disclosed when what years we were born uh, at the uh, at the <laughs> yeah, beginning of this. Right. I uh, just I said it loosely. I said early, you know, early ages. <laughs> vague. It's all on Wikipedia. Um, I uh, look. I, I because I, I think I think sort of your you know it, it's the the openness to to a bold transformative vision, right? The openness to a socialist vision for our our society is is very much tied in with with the reality of our generation, which is a generation that. Um, uh, that was that was raised often by boomer parents, right? And mm-hmm. who, uh, uh, you know, who, who, uh, I mean, you know, uh, many of our parents obviously fought back and, and pushed for for systemic change, uh, but uh, but we're also part of an era that uh, uh, promised a growth, saw immense growth of the middle class, saw saw immense access. You know, people were able to buy homes, people were able to start families, they were able to get an education uh, with, uh, uh, you know, uh, perhaps like a few weeks of a summer job peppered in there um you know a very a very different reality right and 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 when we were growing up there was a lot of promise but by the time we we hit sort of the uh uh 18 plus you know or coming out of university or college and you know trying to figure it all out it, it started to uh, to be very clear that that very few of those milestones were reachable mm-hmm. right education costs through the roof uh, you know massive student debt uh, housing prices out of this out of this uh, world and and increasingly precarious work non-unionized contract temporary uh, uh, unstable work without support of, of, of uh, you know without benefits without a guaranteed pension and uh, um, uh, and and you know add to that the insecurity of, uh, of 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 climate change, right? The climate emergency, and uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of angst in our generation and a lot of insecurity uh, within our generation for very obvious reasons, and and none of that is is by accident, right? The the uh, the social contract, you know, after after the war was was uh, was one that that uh, um, recognized the importance of state involvement, you know, where where that that recognized the importance of of, uh, of socialized medical care, right, and and recognize the importance of public ownership, and and uh, uh, you know as a result of obviously the 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 fight of working people, uh, the the importance of, of unionization was also um, recognized or or, or uh, um, uh, fought for, I guess I should say, uh, whereas. You know neoliberalism that that absolutely came in full force in in uh, uh, you know the the eighties and the nineties um, was uh, uh, you know promised the same things or better uh, but but did away with all of the foundations uh, that 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 could support a better life uh, for for us and and our generation has seen a real drop in terms of of um, uh, you know the ability to access these milestones and and we've obviously seen concurrently a, a sharp increase in inequality which of course is has uh, just uh, skyrocketed in this uh, during during the COVID crisis right I mean billionaires have gotten what is it you know over uh, almost two trillion uh, richer in uh, uh, in the last year or so, uh, it, it's it's just it's it's sickening, so right? Does and that so, make it easier to have your politics now than it than it was say ten years ago or five years ago. I mean, uh, do you find that there's more of an uptake? Are you finding a more sympathetic 
ear or or is it or is it the same kind of uphill battle well i think you know i i i do i do think that that um uh uh, it's, it's less of an uphill battle, but it's still an uphill battle. Mm. And uh, I'm deeply inspired. You know, you mentioned Bernie Sanders. I'm deeply inspired by not just his politics, but most importantly, the movement he helped build, right? I'm very inspired by the politics of Jeremy Corbyn, right? And, and the momentum, the movement that he built in the UK. And and we've seen the rise of a, of a bolder left, a grassroots left around the world. Um, but um, But I think we need to see more of that in Canada. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, I do think, right, I mean, this is only a few years ago that Pat Martin and, and others, including our former leader, Jack Layton, talked yeah. about the need to remove the word socialism from our constitution, right? And, and a number of us, and I remember waiting up at the mic to, to uh, uh, oppose, uh, oppose this and... Uh, uh, I think it was in the first go around and, and uh, certainly I didn't, I didn't support it in the second one either. Um, you know, a lot of the people that were lining up were young and they, and they said, you know, what's wrong with this, this vision for our world. Right. I mean, this is what we need. Right. And, and um, yeah, absolutely. I still see resistance. Uh, I, um, uh, you know, I think that, that, uh, that, that we're still, you know, we want the momentum of the Bernie Sanders campaign and we, we want the excitement of, of uh, agreeing with people like Alexandria ocasio Cortez and others, um, but we're not as prepared to embrace the kinds of principles and values and vision that um, that they're putting forward so boldly, and a vision that we've seen electorally works, right? I mean, Bernie didn't win, but so many of the candidates involved in his campaigns did, mm-hmm. right, and and continue to do at various levels, not just uh, Congress, uh, but but uh, you know, in their own states, that kind of thing. So so I think it really is to our own uh, <laughs> to our own peril, not not to embrace uh, uh, these bold bold um, ideas and uh, but also bold ways of organizing around these ideas and and you know I, I really uh, I, I really hope that we see you know that that direction pursued by the NDP it's it's certainly important for me to push in that direction and mm. uh, you know and, and that that's where that's where the world is at increasingly the, the progressive world is at I one one thing that has always been I think a challenge for the NDP certainly at a at a, at a federal level, um, you know, on the one hand, there there's just the the fact that there is a a distinct labor movement history and therefore a distinct social democratic history um, in the French language in in Quebec. I mean, that's all, all, always been a challenge to a, a national social democratic or socialist project, um, and 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 then uh, you know, I think indicative of some of the same dynamics of, of sort of um, uh, national, maybe national parochialism, let's say, it has been an, an inability uh, in the NDP, I think, uh, to sort of fulsomely take on um, uh, anti-colonial or, or mm. indigenous sovereignty issues. Uh, and that's, that's been something that's plagued the party both federally and at a provincial level, maybe mostly at a provincial level, just because that's where the, the, um, the party has been, you know, occasionally the, the party of, of power. Um, obviously, the, the past two weeks have been a, a deeply traumatic time at, a, at, a, at an mm-hmm. individual or personal level, at a, at a community level, um, and, and at a national level. Um, and uh, there have been uh, a couple of motions put forward, both by um, Jagmeet uh, as, as leader of the NDP and, and also by 
um, your your colleague Leah Gazan um, uh, in in Winnipeg, I believe. Can, mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit about um, the last uh, the last few weeks um, uh, and, and in in Canadian politics uh, in in relation to uh, the it's 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 tough to know exactly how to, to frame this because it's 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 a dis, it's a discovery of of new depths um mm -hmm. of something that the entire country sort of ought to and to a certain extent did know about um uh the the many of the indigenous communities involved are, are saying you know this is this is to a certain extent a confirmation um of of what we already knew um, uh, it, so it's, it's hard to know, it's, it's hard to use a sort of shorthand for, for what this is, but this, this discovery or this uncovering or, or this bringing to light um, that, that's happened, uh, this reckoning um, for Canada. Mm -hmm. it, it, where to begin? I think this is, um, well, first of all, to say that, you know, here you know, I, I have the honor of, of uh, representing 41 First Nations uh, here in, in across uh, Manitoba, mostly in the north, but also on the east side of Lake Winnipeg. And, uh, of course, communities that have been ravaged by residential schools. Right. Um, so the news out of out of Kamloops um, was just shock. It was uh, it was like a bomb dropped. And it and it was obviously very different for First Nations people, Indigenous people, and, and very different for settlers, non-Indigenous people. For Indigenous people, anybody that I spoke to, whether they were, whether I heard from a survivor or um, uh, children of survivors, grandchildren of survivors, it was an absolute reaffirmation of what they know. That there are many children, their relatives, their uncles and aunts, um, that, that were, that were taken to these so-called schools, because I also think that we need to grapple with that. These weren't schools, yeah. right? These were, these were detention camps. They were uh, in some cases, torture chambers, right? They were taken to these schools and, and never heard from. And many said, you know, we were told they ran away. We never believed it. Right. And, uh, and so, so the pain and, and grief, uh, and, anger I have seen expressed openly mostly on social media because obviously we're in COVID and that's how we're communicating with each other but I have attended uh, um, a couple of socially distant uh, memorial events I've never seen it that way I didn't see it like that when um, the the residential school apology was made um, you know I haven't seen it at other public displays of, of uh, or public gatherings on on the issue relating to residential school even around when the truth and reconciliation commission came out this was this was certainly here in our region much like the wounds were just ripped open um, I also saw many non-Indigenous people that were in shock, but for very different reasons, right? This, this sort of, this, this, this kind of, you know, mind meld. How do you, how do you, you know, we use the word school, you know, you send your kids to school, um, you know, and yeah, we've heard of boarding schools, but, but which boarding school has a mass grave, right? You know, and, and, and which boarding school has, has, uh, 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 you know, uh, you know, dozens of, of stories from families that, that never knew what happened to their loved ones, don't even know where they're buried. You know, so if I think for a lot of non-Indigenous people, it was like, what is this? And, and but what I've seen... Using for years, these qual like qualifiers like um, 
cultural genocide, like a, this phrase that ultimately was left out of the mm-hmm. UNDRIP language because people were using it as this kind of way of, you know, you, people would say cultural genocide as a way of softening, um, you know, they, they, they'd say it as though cultural was some sort of technicality that made it not genocide. Was bad. And, and, yeah. and, and, and I think what you're saying about this, the word school even, which I, I, I had not thought about so much, but it, it's, it's, so, it's so true that, that, that we, we talk about, that in some ways, even just referring to them as, as residential schools is, is, is speaking the lie in a way of, of uh, yeah, to even give them that much, um, even, as, even as just kind of a verbal thing as to talk about this thing that we all that we I mean know as this just this kind of ghastly uh as you say these detention camps yeah when and I mean we and we were you know and to your point I I what I think is is really critical and and uh people like Leah Gazan you know I I'm I am so proud to call her a friend you know a, a indigenous NDP MP who's really been at the forefront of this um has has pushed us pushed Canada to really change the language right and and be very clear that this is genocide not just then but now right that there's ongoing genocide against indigenous peoples Uh, and what i think is so important coming out of this is is the need to push for decolonization Uh, you know the the word reconciliation to me is so empty it's so useless right i mean because we know the liberals use it as a stamp um you know to check the box you know we believe in reconciliation we're doing this for reconciliation Mm -hmm. You know, this is not, I mean, this, we couldn't, the failure to recognize this as genocide is not reconciliation, right? The failure to, 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 to help uh, uh, their unwillingness to, to help and work with First Nations to do searches of, of, uh, of residential schools in their territories, including one that we're working very closely with here in our region, Pimichikamak, um, you know, that's not reconciliation. Uh, the third world living conditions that still exist on First Nations that the federal government has everything to do with is not reconciliation. So let's stop. To me, it's, it's, we're so far away from that word. There's so much that needs to be done before that. And, and, the find at Kamloops, the news out of Kamloops of the 215 children is a clear sign that uh, uh, we are very far away from that, that piece of, of reconciliation. And, you know, absolutely, Charlie, it's only the NDP that's, that's pushing this discussion. I mean, I know there's, there's uh, some green MPs that are, are supportive and obviously uh, Jody Wilson-Raybould has been very outspoken on this as well. But in terms of parties in the house, um, you know, the, the conservatives voted against uh, uh, the genocide motion, the liberals abstained on, on uh, most of the the key liberals anyway Trudeau didn't even show up for the vote on on uh, on the motion on our initial opposition day motion calling for action uh, and um, uh, you know and and I mean this moment of history you know they're they're not stepping up to to take ownership uh, and and to say we're we're we're, we're going to we're going to deal with this, um, you know, and we've been working with the international community as well. Uh, Pimichikamak Cree Nation in our region has reached out to the International Commission of Missing Persons based in The Hague, uh, whose expertise is uncovering genocide and mass graves. They work with Canada. They're working with Canada right now in Iraq to uncover uh, graves of Yazidi people. 
Uh, and, uh, and, and Pema Chikamak is now, we're on week three of having asked Canada to invite them here to work with them to do this work. And Canada's completely ignored the call, repeatedly ignored the call, right? And so Canada talks a great talk around the world on human rights and peace and justice, you name it, they're there, including just, you know, last week at the G7, uh, you know, Trudeau was, uh, was you know, the great, great world leader. Uh, but here at home, it's, uh, it couldn't be further away from that. And, and, and with Kamloops and, and we're finding more children in, in Brandon here in Manitoba. Uh, everybody said there's more to be found, many, many more to be found. Uh, it is very clear, you know, we have got to grapple with, with our, 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 not just our history, but our genocidal present vis-a-vis -vis Indigenous peoples. And uh, we have got to, to, to do what we can to decolonize going forward. Uh, our pursuit of justice, everyone's justice, is uh, hangs in the balance. There can be no justice on this land without justice for Indigenous peoples. Mm. Yeah, I just... Uh... It's 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 it it is it's, it's one of those moments um, where I mean it just it, uh, it it feels so it's it's so overwhelming I mean the the to to, to try and process uh, as as a, as a human being and, and and I think we do have responsibilities as as human beings to try and grapple this and 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 process this but also on the other hand that that's not the that's not the big an urgent demand. The demand is not, you know, we need we need you to come to grips with this. Like the, the demands are here are 94 things mm -hmm. that we need done to um, begin moving towards uh, some kind of healing and amendment. And, uh, and you've done 10 of them. <laughs> so there are 84 fucking things left. Like there's just like, and, 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 and on our own time, we can as individuals and, and as communities and as and as churches and as as mm. as wh whoever we are i mean i do i do think there is a, a human part of each of us that does have to uh you know sit down and try and grapple in the same way that we try and grapple with the immense darkness of something like the holocaust or or the the mm -hmm. armenian genocide or or the transatlantic slave trade um, you know, to, or to, to or, you know, or, or just innumerable, like these things that we are called to, I think, um, as, as, as universal human beings to, to try and, and make sense of, but, but that's also not the urgent political social work that's being demanded of us right now. What's being demanded of us are like 80, 84 remaining very clearly delineated um, demands and expectations that are actionable mm -hmm. that, that can be that can be acted on and so that's that's what that's what's so frustrating in, the, in this moment where people think like well this is so immense what mm -hmm. can what can we do it's like yes it's immense and and aren't aren't you lucky that someone has written down exactly <laughs> what you can do what you need to do and and it's like there there may very well be stuff that still needs to be done after we've done every one of these calls and after UNDRIP is the law of every level of government in the country. But like, those are two good places to start and we'll be at them for a few years um, mm -hmm. uh, to say the least, right? Like it just, mm -hmm. uh, I, I, yeah, it's, 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 
in some ways it's overwhelming and then in other ways it, it just really shouldn't be and we don't have the luxury of being overwhelmed as a mm -hmm. as a political culture we do mm -hmm. we of course we're overwhelmed as people as parents as children as you know how could you not hear this as an individual and and be completely bowled over by it there's just no way to to hold on to your humanity and 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 not be uh completely you know rendered speechless by this but mm -hmm. but as a but as a country mm -hmm. we don't have the luxury because we're mm -hmm. the one because we're the country that did it mm -hmm. i don't know yeah, I, I, I think what's, uh, you know, I really appreciate your point, Charlie. I mean, there's, there's a clear pathway to, um, to action, right? Those, those 94 calls to action are, are, uh, you know, tell us what needs to be done. Uh, I will say right now, a huge, uh, there's a huge sense of urgency amongst First Nations here in our region uh, to, to move forward with these searches, right? To get mm. answers, right? The federal government is not moving on that. And part of the TRC did, bring this up uh, and uh, um, you know I mean a number of, of calls to action deal with this specifically uh, and, and we're seeing absolutely no movement I mean literally the government recycled an announcement from 2019 where First Nations can apply for a grant like a grant to uncover genocide I mean this is you know so so in the middle of COVID where you're where you're dealing with the most vulnerable communities of COVID-19 and the one that that uh, the First Nation that, that we're working with very closely in our region has been uh, hit twice by major outbreaks right and, and they're just saying you want us to do what you expect us right the victim of genocide to apply do the work to apply for a grant a measly grant to uncover more like it's just it's 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 offensive on, on so many levels um but i i think you know it it is it is um it is a period of mourning that 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 uh, certainly those of us who are not indigenous um need to need to also uh respect and uh um uh, and and be in and uh, and and find ways to show solidarity during during this time, mm. right? And and uh, but not the kind of solidarity like Justin Trudeau, where he's you know my heart and my soul or whatever it is he talks about that goes out to people, right? I mean, uh, um, but but a real a solidarity in terms of action. You know, you're calling for this, I will amplify that. You're you're calling for that, I will support you in that. How do we push this forward, right? And and the, there is not one single indigenous person I have spoken to in this part of the country that said, we're mourning, let's take a step back. Everyone said there needs to be action. Right. right? And so, so I think that that needs to propel us to come from a place of, of, of yes, uh, mourning and grief and self-realization that this is what Canada is. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and to move forward, um, uh, you know, with, with a, a sense of urgency and, and a sense of, of not getting caught in the overwhelmingness of, you know, where do we start? Well, I mean, as you said, there's a document and, uh, uh, and, and there's calls being made right now by First Nations. I know the UBCIC is doing very important work on this front. Others are, are doing very important work on this front. Let's listen to them and, and, and support those calls. The option of just sitting at home and doing nothing uh, because we're, we're all so sad, those of us that are not Indigenous, is, uh, is, is a cop-out. Um, yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, our, our, um, we, we, have, we have to commit to decolonization. There's... Uh, there's no, uh, you know, there, there's, there's no way out of this. And, and, and I would say, um, uh, you know, history will reflect poorly on, on all of us right now in this moment, uh, if we don't stand up for, for the right thing here, which is uh, the pursuit of truth. And, uh, and, and I would say decolonization. 
Now, I, I, I feel like that is a, a way of, uh, because one, one of the things that Canada does uh, very well is uh, look outside at everything um, but, it's, but itself. And of course, when, when we ask to uh, examine honestly and, and uh, in, in a, in a self-reflective and self-critical and, and productive way, the things that have happened and are happening um, within the borders of this country, that's not a way of saying, uh, let's turn our back on the world. In fact, it's a way of, of assuming a genuine citizenship in the world and, and of thinking of our country as, as a country like all others, right? A, a one that, that is mm -hmm. in relationship with, um, uh, you know, that, that, is, that is not, uh, 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 you know, morally um, uh, in, in some league uh, uh, away or apart from, from the, the, the countries that we think of as these, these benighted places that, that have these horrible things in their histories or have these uh, things that aren't, aren't Canadian, aren't things that we've ever ha done or have to mm -hmm. deal with. We, we, we're, we're faced with this, this, these moments of, of realizing, no, we, we, we are like other places. And, and, but also th this, this, this pandemic has, has reminded, reminded us that not only are we like other places, but we are in relationship with, with other places. And, uh, you know, we, through the first months of uh, the vaccine rollout, were for the first time, many of us, uh, seeing life from from the middle of of some of those kinds of international lists that Canada is used to mm -hmm. being at the top of the idea that you know we were slightly behind Serbia in you know rolling out uh, uh, first shots of a vaccine I think was really jarring for for a lot of uh, people um, in this country because the the one thing that particularly federal liberals are supposed to be able to do is just like that competent administration of, uh, of everything. But, um, you know, as you know, when you're talking about the big cities or you're talking about the, uh, you know, because obviously competent administration doesn't apply to things like clean drinking water on mm. indigenous reserves. Uh, but, but the, the one thing that they pride themselves on is this kind of bland, uh, bland but competent administration of, of, of bureaucracy. And we were in the middle of that pack of, of vaccine uh, rollout list. Mm -hmm. It was this scary thing. People were thinking, am I ever going to get a shot? Are the variants going to get completely out of control? Um, Canada has now ca caught up, you know, to a certain extent caught up in spades. I mean, uh, I think we're close to number one in terms of uh, uh, first shots and 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 you know we're very quickly now getting out to second shots the the vaccine vaccination picture in canada is, is is looking a lot better now but there mm -hmm. are parts of the world where that is very much not the case um i know that you are working with um progressive international and and that uh one of the issues that progressive international is is taking on right now is is the i think one of the you know, along with, with climate change, along with decolonization, just one of maybe the most single urgent things in, in the world that we can be dealing with right now, which is vaccine internationalism. Can you tell me a bit about Progressive International and, and, and can you, can you tell, tell me about some of what's going on right now um, uh, in terms of getting vaccine justice around the world? Mm -hmm. 
Well, Progressive International is doing some very uh, exciting, I would say, inspiring work on this front. And it's very much driven by the global south uh, um, countries, uh, uh, regions that uh, have been doing incredible work with the limited resources they have to keep people safe during this pandemic as best they can, including on the vaccine front. So countries like um, Cuba, Cuba. countries like Kenya, uh, the uh, state of Kerala in India are, uh, are, are some of the uh, countries and, and states that are, are, are at the forefront of, of this, uh, this global summit that the Progressive International is, is uh, pulling together this weekend. And I encourage uh, your listeners who might be interested to check out the Progressive International website um, to, to get all the, all the relevant info. So this is a really incredible opportunity to hear how the Global South is, is driving the agenda, but also calling out the global north for being part of the problem obstructionist and uh, and and uh, neglectful of 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 their our responsibility uh, to uh, um, to do our part and and keep the world safe and so i I've, i'm going to have the opportunity to share a few words as part of this summit from the canadian perspective and uh, you know and i'll have a chance to talk about how Absolutely. The local and the global are connected, right? Canada's failure to provide vaccines for, for its own people, for, for all of us, is very much tied to the, the policies of neoliberalism. Uh, we know that Brian Mulroney uh, destroyed the Connaught labs that could have done this work, that could have helped keep us uh, 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 prepared and, and ready to produce vaccines when we need it. We know that uh, the Liberals, uh, after Marooning under under Chrétien and, and uh, Martin, uh, didn't uh, pick up the mantle and, and reinstate uh, Connaught Labs. And essentially, we were left right from the get-go without any capacity, uh, any national capacity to produce the, the life-saving vaccines that, that we would need. And uh, we're still at the mercy of, uh, of production around the world. And we know that that's cost us deeply. It's cost us in terms of lives, right? Uh, uh, our elderly in care homes. Uh, workers in care homes. Uh, we know that Indigenous communities have paid a higher price. We know that that uh, uh, essential frontline workers have paid a higher price in, in uh, provinces like mine, but uh, absolutely disastrous in, in places like uh, Toronto and, and elsewhere in uh, in the country in in, uh, in Alberta as well. Uh, you know, so 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 Canada let us down by not taking the need to produce vaccines seriously. Uh, and, uh, um, you know, it was shocking to see how, how low on these lists were. I mean, we knew that to be our reality, but, uh, uh, but, but certainly compared to countries that have far less capacity and wealth compared to us, we were, we were doing a pretty pathetic job. Um, you know, and, and, uh, and, and what's, uh, what's sad about all of this is, is the way in which sort of our, our, um, our, our uh, hunger to meet the need here in our own country, um, which has you know, been ongoing for, for quite some time because we've been unable to do that, has also eclipsed the very important role uh, we, we've, we, we need to be playing at the international level. I mean, it, it's just shocking what's happening uh, around the world. We know that in, in uh, regions like Sub-Saharan Africa or Southeast Asia, it could take up to 57 years to reach mass vaccination. We know that that reality 
mentality doesn't just put those countries at risk. It puts, you know, we're all at risk again, uh, to put it in a very, in very crass terms, uh, if, if we're not able to slow down the spread, right? 57 years, right? So what we're clearly saying here is that, uh, uh, you know, if you're not in a, in a country of the global north that has resources, your life doesn't matter. Right, that your your uh, um, your ability to live in safety and security doesn't matter, and uh, it's um, uh, it's 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 brutal, it's inhumane, and it ought to be a wake up call uh, to, uh, uh, to to get you know a, a real a, a bold vision going on how we can do this work, and that includes uh, waiving the the uh, um, intellectual property rights on these vaccines. That includes. Uh, uh, um, supporting vaccines in the global south that are producing uh, uh, these vaccines right now. It includes building up health capacity to be able to deliver these vaccines because that's also uh, also an issue. And Canada is is definitely part of the problem, not the solution, right? I mean, Trudeau made some nice sounding comments uh, during the G7. Uh, you know, Canada rated the COVAX, uh, uh, right, the, the international uh, vaccine um, uh, 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 resources and uh, and and now we're saying okay we're going to commit this money uh, which yes is important but it's nowhere near what's what's necessary we're also not championing uh, we haven't come out in support of of removing the the intellectual intellectual property waivers and uh, we're not taking this seriously politically uh, in part because we've we've uh, um, you know we've done such a, such a poor job here here in our own country uh, and so so what what many of us are saying is. Uh, like, my goodness, if we are going to get a hold of COVID, uh, you know, including here in Canada, we have got to make sure that people are safe and, and able to access vaccines around the world. You know, and I'll give you a, a very concrete example that's that's frankly shocking, right? We know that, that Canadian mining companies and mining interests are wreaking havoc uh, around the world, particularly in Latin America, including in places like uh, Bolivia. Um, Bolivia, uh, some time ago, uh, made very clear they had resources to spend on producing a, a vaccine. All they needed was manufacturing capacity uh, and they had uh, uh, uh found a, a potential manufacturer here in Canada and uh, and essentially the the federal government and and uh, you know the intellectual property right uh, uh, frame framework uh, supported by our government um, uh, made it so that we essentially slammed the door in their face in Bolivia's face right and so uh, you know this isn't even just on a on a global level this is on a you know a, a, a bilateral level right and so here's a country that that you know we've we've done everything to screw over a people that we've done everything to screw over and when they want to give us money they wanted to pay for this vaccine to be produced here um, we uh, uh, we sent we sent them uh, you know, back, right? And so, so Canada is is uh, um, is is definitely part of the problem here. And uh, and and so, what we're saying through Progressive International is uh, is we need a bold vision. We need the global north to take responsibility. And this is something that that many Canadians, I think, would want to see uh, if you know if if some of those connections were made. That that we're all at risk uh, if uh, if we don't do this right. You know, and, and many of us also. Uh, want to be able to to see our, our families and, and, and connect and and uh, you know 
at some point, uh, uh, you know, get out there. We also know that that many, um, uh, you know, many families have have uh, you know sponsorship and, and immigration, right? You know, these things can't happen uh, um, the way they need to happen if we don't get this right. So there's an urgent uh, uh, impetus here, and uh, and we're not seeing Canada, certainly not under Trudeau, uh, take this seriously, and and that needs to change. Uh, Nikki Ashton, in the midst of all of the very important work that you are doing, it means so much to me that you would uh, take the time to 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 come and talk. I, I'm I'm so glad that you're out there. I'm, uh, it 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 uh, gives me great hope uh, that that maybe this this country's political uh, electoral political culture is 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 not quite as terminal a case as as it <laughs> can sometimes uh, feel like it. Um, thanks so much for coming on and, 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 uh, I hope you'll, I hope you'll be back, uh, very soon. Oh, thank you so much, Charlie. Well, as, as you know, I also have toddler twins. So this conversation <laughs> with you is, uh, full of, of laughter and, uh, and deep thought and very much hope. And, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm now going to transition to a conversation that might involve some crying and, uh, <laughs> and rage. So I, uh, I thank you for the opportunity to, to delve into these, uh, these feelings. And, and of course we're doing it all for, for our kids and everyone's kids. So, so it, it does, there is a connection to that next phase I'm going through. But, uh, but truthfully, thank you for giving us the chance to connect, for, for, for uh, building a community that, uh, uh, that knows how to, uh, uh, or seeks uh, opportunities to, to think, to laugh, to, to have hope, and, and, uh, you know, and, and, and to, to do the work of, of uh, um, achieving the kind of justice we all deserve. Thank you, Charlie. I'm just happy that I, for once, didn't do any crying or, or raging, <laughs> uh, because that would have been so embarrassing. <laughs> Thanks so much. Next Nikki. time. <laughs> Take care. Thank, thank you, Charlie. You too. Bye. Bye bye.